just an admin note. Uh, there's a copy of genealogy in the back on the table for you to take for further study. We're not going to uh, look in depth at the, geolo uh, the geno ge genealogy that is found here uh, in Ruth. Uh, verses 18 through 22. So if you want to study it more, pick up a copy in, in the back. And there's other names that are added to it as well. So if you want to do an in-depth study, pick that up and uh, take it home with you. So if you have a copy of words, we're going to close out our study here in Ruth chapter 4 this morning. Ruth chapter 4, we'll be looking at verses 13 through 22. Remember that our next sermon series uh, it's John's gospel. I'm looking forward uh, to that study and studying. And in a sense, this uh, closing out this uh, series leads us to Christ. Uh, so it'll be a great study for us to look at uh, John's gospel, which emphasizes the, the deity of Jesus Christ. So Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 through 22 will be our focus here this morning. Topic will be redemption blessings. Redemption blessings. Look with me at God's word. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception. And she bore a son. And then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you who is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse and uh, Jesse, the father of David. Now, these are the generations of Perez. Perez, father Hezron, and Hezron, father Ram, and Ram, father Amenadab, and Amenadab, father uh, Nashon, and Nashon, father uh, Solomon, and Solomon, father Boaz, Boaz, father Obed, Obed, father Jesse, and Jesse, father David. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. I pray that you would be with us in this hour to open our hearts and our minds to the truths of your word. Uh, give me clarity of speech to uh, speak the truths of your word. Uh, be with me for I need you. I need your grace. In Christ's name, amen. The book of Ruth has been an important study for us because the book of Ruth affirms God's sovereignty over events, over history, over people. 
the scripture tells us that our God is in the heavens. He does this. He does whatever he pleases. And it's been true that God has been at work uh, in the lives of Naomi, in the lives of Ruth and Boaz. God is working behind the scenes, bringing about his purpose. And what it is implied for us is that in our circumstances, in our experiences, we've been talking about God's transcendent. God is not limited by our circumstances or our experiences, just as he was not limited by Naomi's, Ruth, and Boaz's experiences and circumstances. And God is a glorious God who works in all things for the good of his people and for his glory. This is uh, the, the, the blessing of a redemption is that God is now working in and through his people, bringing about his glory in the world. What an amazing blessing this is. God who saved bad people. God who saved the lowest of the lowest. And he saved and gave a, a purpose uh, to us in Christ for his glory. And it is true what, what Paul said, for from him, through him, and to him are all things, to include your life, to include what you're going through, to include your circumstances, to include your situation, to include your struggles, to include all the weakness that you have. All of that is working uh, out for God and his glory. Praise our glorious God that he is a God who blesses even when we don't see the blessings. He's at work. And that's what we've seen in this book of Ruth. This book of Ruth, God has been uh, blessed, giving blessings upon blessings and, and, and lavishing uh, Naomi and Ruth with, with blessing upon blessing, which helps us to see something of his blessings to us in Christ. And so let's look at the, the text here this morning. We'll be looking at verses 13 through 17 and speaking on this this idea, these are the blessings of redemption. Remember that in our last study that Boaz redeemed Ruth. Now we will read the benefits of the benefits of that redemption. In verses 13 through 7, the blessings we'll see here. And then verses 18 through 22, we'll see the God and, and the fact that even uh, through Boaz and, and Ruth, that God is continuing the work of building his kingdom, which ultimately points to David. So let's look at the text. Look at verses 13 through 17, the blessings, the blessings of redemption. And here uh, in these verses, 
we get a, a bird's eye view of what God has always been doing in the book of Ruth. Remember how it started out. It started with famine. It started with death. And all of that has been leading up to this point. All of the, the darkness that Naomi experienced, all the sacrifice that Ruth has made in order to follow Naomi and to, to, to become a part of the people of God, it has all led to this. And first, we see in our text that Boaz takes Ruth to be his wife. And then we see that Ruth gives birth to a son. Look at verse 13 and what it says. It says, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Boaz is blessed now. He's a blessed man. He has a wife and his wife is Ruth, the, the virtuous woman, Ruth. And, 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 and through the blessing of marriage to Boaz, now Ruth, her status has changed. She's gone from being a, a sinner, a Moabite. She's gone from being a sinner, a foreigner, an outsider to God's kingdom. She has gone from being a, a widow to a servant in God's kingdom. She has gone from being barren to being fruitful. And, and notice what the text says. It says, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and he went into her. In other words, they consummated their marriage. And Ruth became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Notice the progression. Marriage first, then sexual relations. Get that young people. This is God's order. You get married first. That is God's priority. Uh, our world and the society in which we live, people are living promiscuous. They're out doing any and everything they can do in regards to sex. But this is God's purpose and plan for men and women for those who he choose to get married that they get married and those whom he choose to give children they have children so he went into her and notice what it says and the lord gave conception and she bore a son by his sovereign grace yahweh blessed ruth giving Ruth the ability to conceive and have a son. And notice, this is Yahweh at work. This is Yahweh's choice. This is Yahweh who has brought this about. Conception and birth is his work. We need this word today in our culture. It is God who brings about conception and birth of a child. We don't have a right 
to go into the womb and kill a child when it is the Lord who brought it about. What a travesty that is. What, 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 what sin that is. I heard a, a, a guy teaching this weekend that we, the, the, that, that the people in this world are so bad that they will go into the safety of the confines of the womb and take a child and kill a child. Oh, how wicked our world is. Our text says the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. This is the Lord's work. He gives and grants the ability to have children. And children are a gift from him. And remember, this, this is being given to us in light of Ruth, who has been barren for 10 years. In Moab, it could be said in Moab, she would have never had this blessing. It's only because of the fact that she has left her people in Moab, her land behind, and gone to Judah, to Bethlehem. And now, as a redeemed of the Lord, the Lord blesses her with a child, with a son. Ruth, like many of the matriarchs with barren wombs in, in Israel, like Sarah and Rebecca and Leah and Rachel and Hannah, all of these women were barren and it was the Lord who enabled them to conceive. They were able to conceive by God's sovereign power. So it says, and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. This is a part of God's purpose and plan for Ruth, along with these women, these matriarchs of Israel. Ruth now becomes a part of God's sovereign providential plan to fulfill his covenant promise to Abraham. This is part of what the work that God is doing, bringing about his covenantal promise to Abraham. And also, this points us not only backward to the promise made as far as God's covenantal promise, but it also points us forward to Jesus Christ. Because God gave conception out of, in a sense, uh, out of sin, uh, uh, gave conception to a virgin who was who who birthed the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the Lord's doing. It was God's doing that brought about the birth of Christ. So this birth here, uh, as far as Ruth is concerned, it points backwards and it points forward. And and this teaches us something about life that that everything is the result of grace in in christ it, it it teaches us that we're not entitled to anything ruth was not entitled to this blessing she was a moabite she wasn't entitled to 
to give birth to a son. She wasn't entitled to that. She wasn't entitled to all the blessings that were lavished upon her from Boaz, the blessings that she received from Naomi as far as teaching about Yahweh. This was a result of grace. And, 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 and just as she wasn't entitled to this, we're not entitled. Sometimes we can think that God should automatically bless us for being us. Bless, I, I'm blessed because of who I am. We're not entitled to anything. Every day, every moment, every second, we should be praising God for the unmerited grace that we receive in our lives through Jesus Christ. So this is Ruth's blessing. She was blessed to bear a son. We'll see Naomi's blessing. Look at verse number 14. It says, then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. This birth of Ruth's son, again, is attributed to Yahweh. Ruth's son is Yahweh's blessing to Naomi. And notice the text goes on and says, and may his name be renowned in Israel. This was the uh, similar to the people in their prayer for Boaz, that his name will be renowned. Now they are uh, blessing God, praying to God and, and saying that that God has blessed Naomi with a redeemer. Look at verse number 15. The women continue and it said, he shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Restore a life here literally means he who causes life to return through this son that Boaz and Ruth had uh, uh, Naomi's uh, husband Elimelech the family name will be carried on and and she will be cared for in her old age remember Naomi's complaint in the beginning remember that uh, uh, she said in Ruth uh, chapter 1, verse 21, she said, I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. She said, why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity with, uh, uh, upon me? And, and, and Remember, she told the women not to call her Naomi, but to call her bitter. She thought that the Lord was against her. Because of the difficult circumstances that, that she had experienced, she thought that God was against her. But in reality, God was for her. It, it was her emptiness and the fullness that that she is receiving in the birth of, of Naomi uh, and, and Boaz and Ruth's son, it was both her emptiness and her fullness that came from his hand. Yahweh, in a sense, emptied her in order to fill her. He took from her in order to bless her. Who does that sound like? Job. 
God took Job's children in order and in order to, first of all, to bless him with uh, in-depth and intimate, intimate knowledge of him. But in the end, Job was blessed with more children. This this points to God and his grace to his people. That even in the midst of, of our sorrow and suffering, God transcends over that. He is not limited by that. What we what we lack, what we uh, what what he takes out, takes from us in life does not affect what God is doing in your life. That's a reality that we need to come to terms with every day as we live in this world and we struggle in this world. What God is doing, God is 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 transcendent above everything, even what we experience. And so in regardless of what we're going through, God is still working for our good, no matter how bad it hurts. No matter how much pain it causes. Romans 8, 28 is still in the Bible. That truth does not change. Every time you open the Bible and read Romans 8, 28, God is at work for the good of those who love him and those who are calling, called according to his purpose. That truth does not change, even though it may feel like it sometimes. Ruth thought, me, or Naomi thought that, that God was against her. That his hand was heavy on her and, and, and that his hand was was out to bring about. Bad for her in her life, but no, God was even in the midst of difficulty. He's in it and working in it for our good. That's what we see here. He, this this son to that 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 has been given to to Ruth and Boaz would be a restorer of life and a nourisher for Ruth, for Naomi in old age. She got somebody to care for. And again, this too points to Jesus Christ because it is the birth of Christ. It is through the birth of Christ and who comes into the world and lives and, and dies and is resurrected. It is through Christ that 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 God is able to bring uh, the those whom he chooses in Christ out of the barrenness of sin and death. God does that through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Notice verse 15 goes on and says, for your daughter-in-law who loves you. Naomi thought the whole time she was empty, but she had a daughter-in-law who loved her. And notice how the women characterize Ruth. They 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 see it. And there was a time when Ruth, did, uh, Naomi, did not see it. It says, "For your daughter-in-law, talking about Ruth, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth." To him, Naomi was blessed by God the whole time. She lost 
her husband. She lost her two sons and God gave her Ruth. And, and Ruth cared for her. Ruth was committed to her. Ruth was devoted to her. Wherever Naomi went, Ruth was right there with her. Ruth was God's blessing to Naomi. And now she has brought about the, 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 the greatest of blessings for Naomi. Look at verse 16. Now Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and began and became his nurse. Naomi, who was once bitter. Naomi, who, who once said, don't call me Naomi, call me bitter, for the Lord's hand is against me. Who was sad and, 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 and now she is joyous. She's a, a grandmother. She's a blessed grandmother. And here she is loving, she's loving her grandson. And this completes the story of God's work of grace in her life. She has a grandson to love and a grandson who will one day care for her. And if you read the book of Ruth carefully, you'll notice one thing. It really could be said that the book of Ruth should be the book of Naomi. Why do I say that? If you look in each chapter, in each chapter, it always brings us back to Naomi. It always brings us back to Naomi. The attention always comes back to Naomi. And it's it's as if the writer is saying to us that Yahweh has always had her in his mind. He's always had her in his mind. It's as if the writer is saying that he has never forgotten or forsaken uh, Naomi. We, we need to, to remember this. God never forsakes his People, what God does in the life of Naomi is a reflection of his covenant love to his people. And it's a reflection of God's love to us in Christ. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Jesus Christ, Paul said. And we see that is true for Naomi, even though she experienced difficulty in life it was God who was there in between the the difficulty and Naomi bringing it all about for her good and, and, and we can like Naomi feel overwhelmed when bad things come into our lives and feel like God has abandoned us but God promises to never leave or forsake his children. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, he himself has said, I will never. That's the qualifier. Not just that I won't leave you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a wonderful 
truth this is that has been illustrated in the life of Naomi. Look at verse 17. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. Now, this is, the author doesn't explain why the women were the ones who named him, but this is what we have in the text before us. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. Notice a son has been born to Naomi. Wait a minute. Did not Ruth have this son? Why are they saying that a son has been born to Naomi? Well, remember the the uh, the part of the redemption uh, of Ruth was that Boaz were responsible for having a son with Ruth, and that first son would be would become. Uh, one who would not only inherit uh, Naomi's, uh, Elimelech's land, but he would also inherit Elimelech's name. And really, he is a, a heir of Elimelech. They named him Obed. And, 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 and th this word means servant. Uh, Obed means servant. And, and, and perhaps they named him this for what they just said about the fact that this child would be a restorer of life and a nurser of Ruth in her old age. Perhaps this word points, uh, his name points to that reality that, that he's a servant uh, and that he's a redeemer because a redeemer uh, must sacrificially, one writer says, the redeemer must sacrificially serve the, the re redeemed uh, even as we saw Boaz, he must serve the, the, the redeemed at great cost. At great cost, the writer goes on and says. And so this redeemer, this Obad is a redeemer who will sacrificially serve Naomi like his father sacrificially served Ruth and Naomi. He was a servant. And also, Obed, who is uh, uh, the, uh, the grandfather of David, you know, David is called Yahweh's servant as well. At least 30 times in the Old Testament, David is called the servant of Yahweh. For instance, 2 Samuel verse three, uh, chapter 3, verse 18 says, now then do it for the Lord has spoken of David saying by the hand of my servant David I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all enemies. David is God calls David Yahweh calls David my servant. Notice set verse 17 goes on they named him Obed he was the father of Jesse uh, the father of David. Why, why does the author include this fact at the end of the book of Ruth? Why, why does he include this? Seem like a, a, a and particularly with the gene, uh, genealogy, it seems like a, a a strange way to to close out this book. Well, the 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 child born to Ruth and Boaz, as I said, is the the grandfather of David, David the king. 
And it is through the line of King David that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come. And, 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 and we know this, but perhaps the author wants uh, the, to, to establish the, uh, the reality. Ruth, we know of Ruth's background. She's a Moabite. Perhaps the writer wants to establish the legitimacy of David's house. And, 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 uh, and the fact that he has a Moabite and the son of Rahab, who is Boaz, uh, Rahab is a Canaanite. She was a prostitute. And so the, perhaps the author includes Boaz, who is a Moabite, and, and uh, uh, Boaz, uh, who is a, a, a really a Jewish Canaanite, and Ruth, who is a Moabite, and showing their character. That this is why this book is important that we we look at it and we see the righteous character of Ruth and Boaz, that we don't attribute any per, uh, promiscuous uh, action to to Ruth and Boaz because their character uh, plays an important part in the gene genealogy of David. Ruth is portrayed as as an outsider. We, we've seen this, that she was uh, portrayed as an outsider who converted to Judaism. She entered the land of Judah and the city of Bethlehem, the birthplace of David, through the providence of God. She sought to fulfill. She, she sought to be obedient to the word of God. She sought to fulfill the legal practice of leverage marriage. She proved to be a woman of noble character. Talking about Ruth. Ruth was accepted to be, uh, and she was accept, accepted into the people of God. And, and again and again, Yahweh blessed her. And so the very fact that this, this outsider was, this foreigner was taken in to the people of God by, by Yahweh and richly blessed shows the legitimacy of her in this genealogy and in and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and the fact that she is a, a virtuous one. Richard Pratt noted of her, he said, the interest, the interest of the book, talking about Ruth, shows the inclusion of Ruth, a Gentile, and it anticipates the expansion of the kingdom of God to the Gentiles. During the New Testament period, he goes on and says, because Ruth exhibited the faith of Abraham as she left, as she left country and relatives to travel under the Lord's care to a foreign land, she found the blessing promised to all the nations in Abraham's seed. As Ruth became one with Israel, Gentiles and Jews are now reconciled to God in one body through their union with Christ. He gives scriptures, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, end quote. And so the, the very fact that Ruth is, is included, uh, uh, Ruth's son and, and Boaz, this book is all about Ruth, points us to the very fact that God will one day bring Gentiles into his people. As for Boaz, Boaz was 
his mother was Rahab, a Canaanite Gentile. But Boaz was a man of integrity. Boaz was a man of character. He, he obeyed the law. He reflected God's grace and kindness. And he is a kinsman redeemer that pointed us forward to Christ's sacrificial love for his church. And all I'm saying here is that God used these people despite their background. That's a reflection of the, the grace and the mercy of God. That it is their son who would lead to the greatest king in Israel, King David. They who had a background that, that could be questioned uh, by those who would read this book. The, the author has written in such a way that we should not question Naomi's, uh, uh, Ruth and Boaz's character because they were righteous in all that they did. And notice at verses 18 through 20, we see that, uh, that this story is really about David. It's, it really points us again to David. The, Ruth is a, the, the book of Ruth is part of the royal backstory of David's ancestors. It is in this book that Yahweh reveals that he was at work over several hundred years through many generations preparing the way for David's kingship. Remember, when was this book written? It was written in the days of the judges when there was no king in Israel and everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And yet in the background, God is preparing in this little town of Bethlehem, in this one little family, God is saving a remnant through which he would bring about his king, King David. And this is what this genealogy points us to. David uh, Dawson and Merle observed, quote, in many respects, the book of Ruth bridges the errors of the judges and the united monarchy, shifting the focus from all the tribes of Israel to the tribe of Judah alone, from which would come David, the king, his human successors, and ultimately the promised Messiah the son of David, end quote. Look at verse 18. This, it says, now these are the, the generations of Perez. Perez is an ancestor of Boaz and all the people there in Bethlehem. Uh, uh, he is the, the offspring of Judah and uh, Tamar, uh, uh, according to Genesis 38. It says, now these are the generations of Perez. Perez, father, Hezron. Look at verse 19. And Hezron, father, Ram. And Ram, father, Amenadab. Amenadab, father, uh, Nishan. And Nishan, father, Solomon. Uh, Solomon, father, Boaz. And, and this gets us to where we are, Boaz, father, 
Obed. And Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. Even before Ruth and Boaz was born, God was at work bringing about his purpose concerning David. He was working toward that end through all of these individuals that are listed here. And this forces us to see the story in a different light. When we look at this book of Ruth, we're to look at it in a different light. This isn't just a love story. This is God's story. <laughs> this, is, this is God at work bringing about uh, his purpose in the life of these ordinary people. These ordinary people, God is working to, to, to bring about uh, uh, his, 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 his king that he's going to give to his people, David. It, it would be David who is the covenant king through whom God will establish his kingdom on earth. Turn to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 7, and notice the covenant that God made with David. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 17. And here we read when your days are fulfilled, talking about David, and you lie down with your father. I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne, uh, the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love would not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words and in accordance with all of this vision, Nathan spoke to David. This is God's covenant promise to David that his, his throne would be not only be established, but it would be established forever, ultimately through Jesus Christ. We, we, would, we would miss that if the writer had not put this genealogy in this book and none of the characters in the book of Ruth could see this coming <laughs> that the Boaz Ruth Naomi couldn't anticipate this they had no idea what was going on but it and and and, and as we we got the the big picture we got the big picture and this is the big picture through famine through grief, through hardships, through afflictions, through conversions. It was through all of these things that God was at work establishing his kingdom in the world. 
that that's the bit you take you you pull out you pan out that's the big picture god is at work establishing his his kingdom doesn't that that should encourage you you may feel like a little speck in what god is doing but you are playing an important part in what god is doing in the world if you're a believer if you're a mother in the home if you are single if you're a child and you're a believer god is at work through your life and you may may not understand how you may not see the end but god is at work through your life you're a link in the chain that god is working through if you're a believer how amazing is that we will never know the impact that god will use us to make for his glory, we probably will never see it in our lifetime. But this book shows us that God can and will work through his children. How many people will come to Christ because of you? How many people will be blessed by God's grace and God's kindness through you? You see, we limit ourselves. We, we say, well, and, and we have this perspective that God would never use me to do something big and great in his kingdom. It may start with just a word to somebody. Or a good deed you go do for somebody. You never know the impact that God will, will make through you. None of these characters saw what God was doing. They they. That God had a greater purpose at work beyond their immediate lives and their immediate circumstances. And the same with us. God is 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 working out a greater purpose than what he is doing in our immediate circumstances, in our immediate circumstances, in our immediate situations. God is doing something greater. And what is he doing? He's bringing glory to his son. This is why we're not to turn in on ourselves as we experience difficulties in life, because the promise of the Bible never change. God is is still for our good. God said and promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. We still the promise that God that nothing shall separate us from the love that God has given to us in Christ. That never changes. God never changed the truth that he is doing exceedingly and he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, uh, abundantly above all that we could ask or think as he works in us, that he is at work in us to will and to do his perfect pleasure. God is doing great things through us as his children and this greater purpose is beyond our experiences don't allow your circumstances to get you down and to allow you to not continue to make an impact for the kingdom
You think about Satan's temptation of Jesus Christ. He was trying to tempt Jesus to take his focus off of what God was doing, had purpose that Jesus would do. And, and, and Satan came and tried to get his focus and his attention upon what, what he was on his immediate circumstances. That's Satan's goal. That's his goal is to get us focused upon our circumstances rather than focus upon the reality that God is transcendent and that he is not limited by our circumstances nor by our thoughts. This is why Paul was able to say of his life, for me to live is Christ. He didn't say for me to live is to live a, a good life in the world, to live a life without suffering. For me to live is to live a life without difficulties. He didn't say that, did he? He said for me to live is Christ. And what does that include? That include that 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 reality transcended all we know his circumstances right shipwrecked beaten left for dead paul went through some pretty bad stuff and in the midst of that because he realized that that god's god is transcendent and what god has purposed for him and christ was transcendent he said for me to live is christ And to die is gain. Because he knew that nothing would separate him from Christ. That in Christ, that in Christ, God was at work bringing about. Remember, he said he desired to go and be with Christ, but he understood that God had a had a was working out a greater purpose in his life and, and for his living here on earth. And he said, I, 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 I want to be with Christ, but it is good that I remain for your fruitfulness. Even though he knew that if he remained in the world, he would continue to experience suffering because of the gospel. And he said, you know what? I see God's great plan. And his great plan is to work through me and to bring about Salvation in the gospel and fruitfulness in the lives of other believers. So as I close. This should this 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 should establish our faith in in a transcendent God, the Book of Ruth. It 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 should establish our faith that He is at work for good in our circumstances. Because think about this: if there was no famine, if there was no death. 
if there was no flight from Moab, if there was no widowhood, there would have been no marriage to Boaz, there would have never been an Obed, there would never been a Jesse, there would never been a David, and there would have never been a Christ. God was at work in difficult circumstances, bringing about his purpose. This points us to Christ. It prepares us for Christ. It prepares us to understand Christ. It, it leads us to Christ to trust in him. Because God has purpose from eternity past that Christ would come and save the elect. It's not dependent upon your ability, but it's dependent upon God's ability. God has shown throughout history and in Christ that he is able to save and to change those who are unbelievers. He is, God is able to take ordinary people and use them for his great cause of the gospel. He can use, it's the Holy Spirit who can empower uh, his people through the word and enable us to live lives for God's glory. This is the blessing of the, the book of Ruth. Helps us to understand that God is able to do what he has said he's able to do. And that God is at work in ordinary circumstances and, and events and, and even in difficulties and weakness and failures and our losses, God is at work. This is what this book encourages us with because of our union with Christ. And, 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 and this is in, important in every aspect of our lives. God is doing something. He is allowing us to participate in his work. The work he is doing in the church, the work he's doing in, around, in, the, in the world around us. God allows us to participate in that work, in that great work, in the work of God is building his kingdom and he allows us to participate in that work as believers. The question is this, will you submit? Will you let God use you or will you limit God to your immediate circumstances? Limit God. You, you, you won't allow God to take you beyond your immediate circumstance. You will you allow God to be God? In your circumstances and use you in ways that you cannot imagine. That is a question we have to answer. Let us close in prayer. Father, we thank you that even in, the, in Scripture, the testimony of Scripture that is that you save the lowest of the low. You save bad people. And you take them and transform them 
into vessels, useful vessels in Christ Jesus. And Father, we are blessed beyond the, the blessings that Ruth and Naomi had experienced. We are blessed with union in Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are blessed to be taken out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into his kingdom to serve his purpose. And Father, the book of Ruth encourages us to give our lives wholly to him, to be used by him and to see that it is your, in your transcendent glory that, that you are, are bringing about glory to yourself through your son in our lives. Father, what a tremendous blessing this is. And may we not take it for granted and focus upon ourselves. May we focus upon Christ, who is the treasure of treasures, who is the blessing of blessings that you have given to your people. It is Christ whom we are going to celebrate, his death that has brought about the foundation of the blessings that we have in him. We thank you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.